What's up, y'all? It's Michelle. Hey, it's Bree, and you're listening to the True Rules Podcast. A podcast for the not-so-perfect woman and mom. What's up? What up? We have a special guest on today. <laughs> the OG. I know. The OG. Okay, so first we have to tell y'all that last week we did not record because we couldn't get our scheduling together, so sorry. sorry not sorry sorry not sorry y'all know what it is but at least we didn't go missing for seven months like we did last time (laughs) um so it was just a one-week hiatus we hope that y'all had a great thanksgiving um and you know getting in the holiday spirit um i can't believe it's about to be 2022 like time is seriously flying it didn't feel like thanksgiving first of all to me like it didn't feel like a normal Thanksgiving. Well, what did you do for Thanksgiving? Um, we went. I went to my mom's house for a little bit, and then we went to Mark's mom's house. Okay, but it just seemed a little quieter than usual. Like, I don't know. I kind of. I think. Yeah. So we went to my family's. Had like an event, and then we went to Zach's family's. But I think what made it feel like Thanksgiving for me is my mom cooked her own separate meal at the house. Mm-hmm. So- so had that because literally I realized that I'm a person that doesn't like to go out on the holidays. Like I rather stay home. Um, people go out. I'm saying like even going to like other people's houses, like oh, going yeah. to house and going to Mar- um, yeah. Black family's house. We do it together. It's just that we had, my mom had extra people come to her house, which we didn't feel like bringing to like, it's just right. like, I know it's just like, yeah. So, as long as I can take advantage of my mom cooking, then I'll just go to her house. Wait, did she make a turkey? Huh? Did she make a turkey? Actually, no. We had ham, fried chicken, fried fish, macaroni and cheese, collard greens. This was the first year my mom did not make a turkey either. She actually made like turkey legs, which I prefer way better. They're juicier. Yeah. Delicious. Nobody ever eats a turkey unless it's fried turkey. I will fuck up a fried turkey. I've never had fried turkey. Oh. <laughs> oh now that fried turkey. I have had jerk turkey before, which was delicious. My jerk turkey. But this is the thing. She will put the jerk turkey seasoning <laughs> in the fried turkey. Like it's Ooh. it's bad. like yeah. Oh yeah. We haven't had a fried turkey in years, but Ooh. um anyway. Any, any other updates before we bring the guest on? Um, um, the only other update. Oh, so the, I think the last time we spoke was Sid was sick. We brought her to the mm-hmm. hospital. Everything was fine. <laughs> like she, she was fine after that. You know, it seemed like the a drama of the ambulance bill. Oh. The ambulance bill. <laughs> we did not know what to do. But honestly, I would prefer us pay a bill than something drastically happening to her. And we, I know, but I know parents are making fun of us because they're like, look at, I don't look at these movies. <laughs> like call nine one one. Like <laughs> you don't know what's what can happen. Um, but yeah, she went. She had a stomach bug, um, and then she went to daycare, got sick again. Turned out she has RSV, so she's been out of daycare since before Thanksgiving. Um, and she'll probably won't be going back until January. I just want her to be fully healthy before yeah. she goes back. Like I don't need you catching another thing while you have this and. Yeah. And she needs to be cleared by her doctor first anyway. So 
And little mama just been going through a lot. She has her little breathing machine. She has, <laughs> she, she needs a minute. Give my girl a minute. She still um, has been terrorizing the house though. She, it doesn't stop her from running around, making the house dirty, demanding milk. Literally, like, I gave up on having a clean house. At this point, girl, a dumpster is life. And that's just what it's going to be. Because honestly, my house medicine, is about to be full of, you know, those bins from um, Home Goods? Just mad baskets. <laughs> everything. <laughs> everything has a basket. Everything. The thing is, everything needs a place. And I keep running out of places. The place um, it's like, the, the garbage is where I want to put everything. <laughs> I do still have up his little... Um, like area and that has basically become his like quote unquote toy room like obviously we don't have a room for him but that's where I put all of his toys so at the end of the night when I do need peace of mind at least everything is just consolidated in that one little place yes I don't have that so the garbage is (laughs) the next best thing for me but um homeboy is following in his cousin's footsteps wanting to maintain his sickness so we Went to the doctor today. He has a mild ear infection in both ears. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was telling you earlier, I think even though Law is not in school yet, when we were in Georgia for the month, he was exposed to kids who do go to school and just like much more open than ever. Because usually it's just me and him home and then like whatever Zach does. Yeah. Um, so he got a taste of school because let me tell you something. January 10th. Y'all will hear us coming on here. I don't know the ne- the eleventh because he's starting on that Monday. Whatever that Monday is, is he already registered? He's not registered. We visit um, three schools on right. <laughs> like actually, he cannot start in January. You have to start. I told all of them I want a January first start date. I said I want him to start the day after New Year's. I we won't be in town, but I want them to know that that's the date that I'm starting payment <laughs> because he has to go. Um, no, I, I know I'm going to be crying every day. So I, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But I do want him to go part-time. I, that, that's the first week. And then once you get a little taste of freedom, you're like, oh, I can't wait for daycare. I know. But it just freaks me out because it's like. Oh. He's going to make friends and he's I going know. to be living his little baby adult life. I know, baby. But it's like. Already, they're already going to school. Like then you do. I know. It is great. Then you go to college. It's like just stay here with me a little bit longer. You know what's the crazy part about daycare? It's still a whole process. Like my whole my thinking was like, okay, I can just drop her, and you know I have the full day. No, you still have to prepare. Like you have to label everything. You have to get their (laughs) bag ready. Like you have to prepare their food. It's just like, fuck. I still got to do shit. Like I thought I thought I was just dropping you off. The goal is to make our lives easier in every new step. But it's feeling like that's what motherhood is. It's like, I know. Even in the easier moments, there's something to do. Speaking to that, I watched that the most with my mom um, because her crazy tale self went and had two more babies after I was a grown woman. So <laughs> my brothers are 14 and 16 years younger than me. They are now 18 and 16, which is so crazy because, like, here I am. A married woman with a child, and she still has kids who are in high school. But they are grown, um, grown ass men. Like when I see them now, it's just like, oh my god! They think they're grown. No, think. they're grown. Think. <laughs> um, so, without further ado, we kind of teased her before, um, but just gonna welcome my mom, Janina Ramos. Hi, mom. Hi. Hello, mom. Hi, daughter. <laughs> <laughs> 
daughter is plural since she's my daughter. <laughs> she's the she's the sister I never knew I I didn't want. <laughs> she's the sister I already knew I didn't want actually. <laughs> but God still made me get her. The sister that you love. I do. That, that's what I'm saying. You gotta love your sister, but doesn't mean you gotta like having one. You can do it. <laughs> um. All right. So, why do we want to have you on? I guess I'll. I wanted to bring her on because I think my mom has done a very great job of making sure that she shares very candid um, experiences from her life with me, and then I usually share them with Michelle. Mm-hmm. so that we don't make the same mistakes. And I think a lot of our listeners are in this, are like around our age or kind of in these same situations, whether they're younger or older. I think we're all in places where we're thinking about starting families or being married or you know raising families, being single moms, being married moms, whatever it is. And I think my mom has done it all. She was a young mom. She was a married mom. She was a single mom. She like literally, she can speak to a little bit of everything. But I think my favorite part about her is that she's still like so bright. You wouldn't know mm-hmm. if you don't know. Um, so a I just sunshine. Hmm? a ray of sunshine. Yeah, she really is in all the craziness that she's gone through. So I hope that by her sharing, you know, parts of her story it will either like encourage somebody or strengthen somebody or give somebody an aha moment to be like, yeah, I ain't dealing with this shit um, or whatever it is. Um, and even like enlighten me and Michelle, cause we're still young and still going through the things. I mean, she's still young. So anyway. She really looks like our third sister. <laughs> I am your third I sister. I haven't seen on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> She got all the boys. My kids won't let me be public on Instagram. <laughs> no, we will not. Um, what do you want to get from talking to her, Michelle? Um, I think it's it's you know just a little more insight on you know just not just living your best life with also having what quote unquote added stressors, um, and you know. I talk to my mom all the time too, but she's an older mom. I mean, she's not like 80, but like she's definitely older. Um, And I come from a Caribbean background. So like a lot of the things that we go through, it's, it's kind of tough to talk to your, to your mom about certain things um, because we just live two different lives. Like if, if any of you are listening and have like Caribbean parents, you already know what it is. It's like, (laughs) <laughs> lay the law down, you go to school, you you do right, everything. Like they don't think of the other parts of life. Um, so it's just interesting to hear different backgrounds and different stories. Yeah. Caribbean moms be like, be an engineer and be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say though, however, like my mom is just now like kind of getting comfortable telling me like a lot more things about her life and like how she grew up and like, her relationship and like all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's, it's kind of cool to hear, but I know your mom has always been loud. I don't want to say loud, but like loud with her life to you, which is, is super important. Um, <clears throat> yeah. All right. Janina. Yeah. You first tell us like who you are and then wherever you want to start. I'm Janina. <laughs> I am Janina Ramos. I love 
being Janina Ramos. Um, what do I know about me? That's who I am. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't identify myself with tags and titles. I am Janina Ramos. So, I mean, I, I am a lot of things to a lot of people, but <clears throat> who I am is me. Um, what I do, I'm a CPA. Um, I work in finance. I'm a mom. Um, I'm a friend. A sister. I'm a sister. I'm, I'm, I'm a bunch of things. Yes, I'm a daughter. I'm a cousin. I'm a... <laughs> okay. Start from the beginning of motherhood for you. I think that is the most, like, our tagline is for the not so perfect woman and mom. And I think it's very important to remind that because we are talking to women first, right? Like before we're mothers, we're just women. We're all just, that is what we're all rooted in. And, and men listen too, but women and moms. We're not perfect. We're all figuring it out. And I think just start with your beginnings on this journey as a woman and, you know, and how that intro into motherhood was. So <clears throat> my introduction to motherhood was a surprise. <laughs> I was a young mom and this is before Brie. Um, prior to that though, <clears throat> motherhood was Growing up, motherhood was not not on my list of things to do. Um, I didn't want to be a mother, not because I was against motherhood, but because, and if you could believe back then, I just thought that the world was t a terrible place. <laughs> like, so and if you could see how progressively worse it's gotten, but um, I just didn't want to bring children into it. <clears throat> um so that was my thought process. But then um, here I go and I meet your dad and <laughs> um, I got pregnant <clears throat> and I was pregnant for nine months and had a baby when I was 18, um, little Billy. Um, I was, <laughs> I was shocked pregnant when I got pregnant I didn't even know I was pregnant I didn't even know I was so dumb um because I was I was naive um and when I found out I was pregnant I was just it was no thought process it was just like oh okay I'm I'm gonna have this baby and everything I did in life was like I took serious and so I was a serious mom I was at every doctor's appointment on time eating right drinking milk which I don't drink eating liver, which I don't eat to get my iron levels up. I was like, oh, and you know, I was, my background was dancing. So I was, I was in good shape and in good health. Um, and then when I had the baby, we were, we, um, his name is William, but we call him little Billy. Um, we were in the hospital, we were about to leave. And one of the nurses who had become so attached to him, noticed um she just didn't think something seemed right so they started running tests and it came back that <clears throat> he had a heart issue and the heart issue is called hypoplastic left heart syndrome and they ended up having to transport him to a different hospital with a better NICU unit and I at the time had um, uh, 
preeclampsia. <clears throat> no, preeclampsia was when I was pregnant, right? So I still had like high blood pressure levels and stuff going on after the pregnancy. And they wanted to keep me, but I left the hospital and went over to where they transported him to, which was North Shore uh, Hospital. And then I was given the news that, <clears throat> now mind you, I was pregnant for nine months. I had a vaginal delivery and I was about to go home the next day. My baby was seven pounds, two ounces. He looked big and healthy. Um, when I got there, I was given the news by the doctors. They'd run their tests and done exams <clears throat> and came back to me that he had this, um, he had hypoplastic left heart syndrome, which uh, essentially is the, there are four chambers to your heart and his left ventricle was underdeveloped. And the left ventricle is the one that pumps the blood to the rest of your organs and that carries the oxygen so that your organs can function properly. And his was underdeveloped, which meant not enough um, oxygen was being carried through to the rest of the organs. And <clears throat> they never noticed through all of my appointments and, you know, everything that they were looking at and my age and health, they would never have thought to look at these things. Um, Cause actually, even though I was 18 and considered a young mom by our standards, I was, it's prime time in reality to give birth and carry um, kids. So um, they, I had an option what they were doing at the time, the way they explained it to me is that the reason they didn't know is because one, they never looked for anything like that, but they couldn't tell when he was inside of me because there's, we're so connected when he's inside that <clears throat> I'm essentially breathing for him. And after I gave birth, certain valves start to close where he has to breathe on his own. And that's where, that's what the nurse noticed. And that's what prompted these tests. And so um, when it was time for him to do it on his own and these valves were closing and, and they were looking for the organs to function properly, his were not. And so what they did was give him a medication through an IV to keep that valve open um, while I made a decision. And the, the options that I was given were to either... Well, I had to take it. He couldn't stay on that medication. So that wasn't an option because I asked. But take him off the medication and let nature take, take his course and whatever, you know, God has. Let that be. Or to transport him to Philly, which had the, the children's hospital, to for a series of surgeries, which the odds of him making it through the surgeries were not good because his kidneys had already started to fail because, because of this. And so <clears throat> they didn't think that he had a good chance. And when they were giving me, they were giving me all my options. I opted to take him off the medication and spend as much time with him as I could. Cause had I chosen to go to the hospital and try surgeries, they would have whisked him off right away, helicoptered him over. <clears throat> um, I would have gotten to go there, but then there, there would have been no like time that I could touch him and have, you know, be with him. And the odds of him surviving those surgeries were slim. And they would have been a series of surgeries over 
years and what they were going to try to do at the time. And I'm sure um, medicine has evolved since then. But at that time, what they were going to try to do was essentially create him a three heart, a three um, chamber heart. And it, it was all, uh, you know, not not anything they'd really done before. But so I opted to take him off the medication and spend as much time with him as I could. And that's what I did. So that was my introduction to, to motherhood. That is just like so much to take in. Like, imagine. What, I, I mean, I couldn't, I can't even right. imagine what was going through your head, through your head through this whole thing. And it's like. And I'm also thinking about the fact that you were 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not even like now, I mean, we're 30 something. So we have a very different point of view than like an 18 year old, even, even as mature as you were, because I know you were probably like 53 <laughs> compared to other, but I still know like you were 18 and you carry that baby and that baby oh, changed your life because you were not the girl that was expected to get pregnant young. Like you were the girl that was by the book, doing everything your parents said, making great grades, being a dancer, Ailey scholarship, going away to college, and then you get pregnant. And so that baby really came and like flipped your world yes. in, in every way. Um, like now, first of all, I've always known, but you've never like, I feel like it's a topic that you kind of shield like you're open about it but it's not something that you kind of like lead with it's, if I ask you questions you'll answer them but it's one of those things that I feel like up uh, as open as we are about most things I feel like that is one topic that it's like we all know but it's still like your thing like your experience even with my dad um I think the most emotional I saw you about it is when I had law <laughs> yes. And like you saw Law and okay, so when I first got when I first had him, she couldn't be there because COVID. Um, so she's she met Law on FaceTime first and she like burst into tears. And like what were you reflecting on that time and this time? Like what what were all those emotions? So while you were pregnant and even me knowing it was a boy and I, I don't know, like, I don't know what I was thinking or not. I wasn't thinking anything. Right. And then when I saw law, I saw little Billy's face. Like, like, <laughs> like it was his face. <laughs> it was his face. <laughs> and I, it was me breaking down crying was, I, I didn't expect it. It just rushed over me. Like, I, I, I couldn't even believe, you know, I, I'm not a crier. Like that. No, you are a crier. <laughs> <laughs> but over like a commercial. <laughs> when it's like real things, like, like Little Billy, it's a place where like, I feel like you've learned to have like, stronger emotions about it. I feel like that about all of us. Like when it comes to us, you are in like protector mode more so like, I don't know, you might cry in your room or like by yourself, but like, 
outwardly when it comes to in me or my brothers, I feel like you're much more like you're just a stronger yeah. face. Yeah. Well, I have to be right because yeah. we have to we can't stop life. So I have to be strong and move forward so that we can all keep going. Um, so when I saw, when I saw law, I, <laughs> and then even when I look at him now, I, I reflect and I always wonder would little Billy look like this. And the, the reason, so after I had little Billy, I got pregnant with Breezy soon after. And that was not a mistake. That was on purpose. And I'm 18 and I'm thinking, I, I never went to be a mom. And now I just want to be a mom. Like, And it was either like, I want this back or, you know, I, I can't even give you what my entire thought process was at the time. Cause it was, it was not, um, I wasn't thinking about anything else. Like I wasn't thinking about move forward in life, go back to my old life. Let me just go back to the time before I accidentally got pregnant and just do that. It's not what I was thinking. It was like, okay, we're going to do this again. (laughs) So then I get pregnant. Now I'm 19. (laughs) I'm grown now, right? (laughs) My grandma was probably like, what is going no on? No one said one word to me when I got pregnant with you because I had gone ham on everyone after that happened to little Billy because of what everyone had to say about me being pregnant at 18. No one would no one would say a word. <laughs> Did everybody give you strife when you got pregnant at 18? Uh, like, yeah. Like, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, um, I'm I'm an 18 year old mom. But this was not my expected path. I was gonna go on and do great things. Okay, so when little Billy died, I didn't want to hear anybody's sorry. I didn't want I didn't want you coming to me. I I. And I was in a place, you know, I'm sure they were truly sorry. They, no one wanted this. But in my mind, it was you never wanted him here anyway. So um, which that was just me, you know. Um, so then, of course, when I get pregnant with, with Brie at 19, no one is going to. <laughs> no one is going to say one word to this child right now. <laughs> So and then I go ahead. I have Brie. I, so I'm doing this one completely different. I go have her at the hospital that they transported him to because I want to be in the best facility now. Let I have them doing all kinds of extra tests every week. I'm in there like <laughs> checking everything. I didn't want to know what her um, gender was. I knew he was a boy before I had him. But when I had Brie, all I wanted was a healthy baby. I didn't care about anything. But when Brie was born, I truly thought she was a boy. <laughs> and that's because she had little Billy's face, except hers was more oval. Little Billy's was more square. So that's why when Law was born and he had this little square face with these cheeks and looking like a chipmunk squirrel, he looked. And I told I had told Brie this before, like when it was just me and little Billy in the room, I used to look at him because his full pupil, his pupil was full and it was completely dark. And and Law's eyes were like that. And I was like, this is my baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. When I was pregnant 
I literally, I mean, I never told this to anyone, but like I had this like fear of like similar to you, I didn't plan law and it, I got pregnant so easily that I was almost like, okay, God, like, is this some kind of test? Like I was like so nervous. So I had them doing every test. I'm like, look at his heart. Look at the left side. Look at the right side. I mean, like they ask you your medical history. They wanted to know. So this is why it's important. Like, even if you don't have a really close relationship with, you know, your family, just to have an idea of like, every pregnancy is different. I'm not comparing or anything like that. I'm just saying like, at least when you go into it, knowing different things about like your mom or your grandma, it really does help. Because when I was in that hospital, I was like, look at this. Did y'all look at this? And like, I never wanted to speak the words out loud because I always wanted to be mindful of, you know, words are things, but in underlying inside, you know, this mom, when I would freak out and people would be like, I'm praying. And I'm like, don't pray for me. Like, don't, don't like, just leave my kid. Don't have dreams about me. (laughs) Don't (laughs) dream about my baby. Don't pray for my baby. Like just leave us alone. (laughs) And it was because inside I really did have like a mild anxiety of like, this happened so easily for me. Like this is so fast, you know, like don't like, you know, I just wanted it to be good. And I think that was the first time when law was born. And I told you this mom, when I was like, you are really stronger than I realized. Like you, t- I've known little Billy died. I've known you guys were young. You know, I've known that the facts. But as soon as I saw Law, I realized that you don't love your kid over time. You don't grow in love. You immediately want them to be protected and safe and healthy and alive. And like, I'm just like the fact that you have you know loved us the way that you have knowing that you had that as your first experience, you know, speaks volumes. So what, like, I don't know, what did it teach you? Or like, what, how did it, how have you been able to just like carry on and not let it make you say like, I don't want more kids or like, I, you know, whatever it could have turned into. So my entire um, experience with little Billy, I, I was always going to be, take motherhood serious. So I take any, Anything that I touch and do, I'm going to do and give my best, right? But I think it took it to another level um, because I truly understood that children are a gift and that they're placed in our care to handle correctly and steer and guide and do the right things by them. So being the way I am with you and your brothers is because I, I truly in my heart believe that um, you are all a gift to me and you, you, you're you a gift that I get to have for a time and you don't belong to me. And so when I'm mothering you, I'm trying to raise and guide you guys to be the best versions of yourselves in this world. So when I look at you all, each it's as individuals um, and in an attempt to give you, give you each what you need because it's, it's not the same. So 
Yeah, that's that that was my lesson that you you're truly gifts to me. And 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 the biggest one is that you don't belong to me. That and so I don't know. I, I don't know how I, I balance because I'm I know I'm maybe like overbearing. I love you guys like with everything in me <laughs> and constantly trying to um, steer you guys to do what I would, con you know, the right thing, I, I'm quote unquote, the right thing and not. Um, well, more so. Not the right thing. Everybody's going to make mistakes, but not to make my mistakes. And um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that just for you being 18 from that start, like, I know it happens to a lot of people. Um, and, you know, a lot of young girls go through through similar situations, but it's just the way that you carry yourself now, you would never, you would never know that you went through all of that. Um, so it's, it's really inspiring to hear. Um, it's kind of crazy. Like how you said you didn't want to know what, what Brie was like her gender. Um, Cause my mom actually went through like a similar situation. She was obviously older, but she carried until I think about six months um, and lost the baby. Mm -hmm. When she got pregnant with me, she was like, I do not care what I'm about to have. I just want a healthy, happy baby. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, you know, it's it. Your stories spill over, even um, you know, other people go through the same thing. So it's it's just nice to hear your story as well. Yeah, and I don't mind sharing it. It took me a while initially, but talking about him and my story just it. Um, it actually makes me feel better. I don't know if that makes sense, but it does. And talking about him instead of like acting like he never existed, he completely, mm -hmm. he was here. Yeah. I always hear y'all talk about like little Billy, like he, he's like right here. Like Yes. Even Caleb and Kobe um, talked about yeah. little Billy. Yeah. Well, I remember one day Zach asked, like when we were, before he, before he realized how intense our family is, or like not intense, but just like how family, family we are oozing with family. Um, he was like, "Is it not weird? Like, why do y'all talk about little Billy?" And then when he when I shared more with him, I'm like, "Little Billy was a person in the world. You know, it's I think obviously loss is loss, and so it's no levels to the pain that comes with that, but." I, when I reemphasized to him, like you held him, kissed him, took like walked around with him. It wasn't like you didn't feel, see him, you know, it's like a physical being that was lost. And so for you and for our family, it wasn't like trying to imagine what would he look like? Who would he have been? It was like, y'all saw his face. Y'all knew what he smelled like. Y'all knew how much he would weigh, his length, you know, his complexion. And so his cries, like you heard him crying. <laughs> right. His cry, his you felt his warmth. And so now, obviously, especially after having law, he's like, nah, I get it. I'm like, yeah, like <laughs> nothing could erase that moment of that experience, even if it was just for two weeks of life. It's still life that was here on earth. And even like I was talking to grandma and she's like, yeah, I bought him this 
bassinet that he had to have. And I remember I, I went and bought that bassinet and she was like, you know, your mom was willing to give away so much stuff after, you know, eventually when you were ready to. And she was like, but that bassinet, I was like, that was his. And I, and I called on to it longer than everything else. And she was like, because she even had that attachment, even I'm 32. So 33 years later, remembering like what it meant, you know, to buy this item. So it's not something that just goes away. And I think it's, you know, like if you had other loss, you may not share it with us. Like, oh, I had, you know, I miscarried or I had an abortion or whatever types of crazy things that can occur. But I think when it's a physical being, you, you, rem you have to say like, no, they were here, you know, like, so I had to explain that to him and he's like, no, he was here and like, we were in that NICU. There were babies that were born. They were like one pound laying on a piece of cotton. Mm -hmm. And I knew that they had a better chance of survival than little Billy. And he was a big old monster in there. He was big. We were coming in there every day, all day. When I tell you I was changing his clothes all day because I had so many clothes, I would just wash him up and lotion him up. And around the clock, it was like my sister and my aunt, everybody was at the hospital, like around the clock, um, just with him. And so, yeah, he was never alone. No, and the smells and like the lotion, <laughs> <laughs> the baby, the Johnson and Johnson baby <laughs> magic of it all. Because I know that I know y'all were using baby magic. Right I was the baby magic. <laughs> I know this was not. This was pre paraben. Nobody knew about that. No, no one cared about that. Not, <laughs> and they still sell that. I, but, do, but do people use it anymore? I feel like everyone is. If so they're hard. still selling it, that people are using it. <laughs> okay, but I do have a question. So, yes. like, you had little Billy at eighteen. Yes. Um, and I know that was like a crazy experience then. But did it have any any effect on your relationship with Bree's dad? I know you got pregnant like right after. Uh huh. So I'm interested to know like how that affected you guys' relationship and. So. Actually, um, that and while you're talking about that, your postpartum, because I never oh, yeah. I know, like we talk about postpartum now. Like, what was that like Back going, through those, yeah. going through those emotional changes, body changes on, you know, like what what was that whole situation? So, first of all, every single pregnancy, all four of you took me to a whole new. <laughs> I was not this cute little petite pregnant person. I didn't gain 60 pounds with each, with each kid. <laughs> it's like a house. And, but my snapback. <laughs> so I tell everybody, I'm like, guys, my mom was huge. Like they don't like how huge. you really used to tell me that. And I would be like, I yo her pregnancy takes her <laughs> out of this world like homegirl's body. I mean, mom, we don't encourage snapping back. We encourage. We don't encourage it, but what I will say is, I was cute after. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was huge during. <laughs> Very annoying. <laughs> anyway, okay. Postpartum, Billy. What what was happening? Um, honestly, like the way we talk about postpartum today, we did not talk about postpartum then. So I don't really know what I was going through <laughs> and what was 
postpartum coupled with my baby just died coupled with I'm dealing with this man. I don't know. <laughs> but our relationship, um, and you would have to have him on to talk about it. But <laughs> Lord Jesus. He honestly went through some stuff as a, as a man because I was pregnant. His brother was having a baby at the same time. Actually, his two brothers were having babies. So there were, was it the brothers? Yeah, because baby, baby Myron, OJ. Yeah, baby Myron, OJ, and me. Yeah. And um, so, and his, and they, and both brothers had sons. And then we had little Billy, and little Billy died. So it was hard on him, which, you know, made it hard on us. And <clears throat> I, I, you know, during that time, I actually, some parts of it were, I can't say, you know, I, I can't, I can't say, and I'm, and I'm speaking on this and you can cut this part out. And <laughs> hindsight, knowing things that I know right now, but at the time, you know, I would say that we were closer because we were the only two that shared that, mm-hmm. you know, so we understood each other and parts of Billy that no one else would know. I knew. So, you know, if he was going to come to somebody with something, it was me. Um, so I, I got it all. I got whatever I was feeling and whatever he was feeling that that he wouldn't let the rest of the world see. I saw. So. <clears throat> That's so interesting because like when we talk about all the, the, like we talk about comparison now. Right. And like, I know Michelle, you used to be like when you were going through your situation, getting on Instagram Mm -hmm. and like seeing other people going through whatever you automatically go to that place. So I'm like, it's, it's interesting to hear that it wasn't, it's not only a function of the world. It's, It's just life. Like everybody is going through, experiences that you can see whether it's somebody on your phone screen or somebody that's right next to you having something that you want Mm -hmm. but I think what's crazier is like the strength of you having to deal with your own emotions it sounds like you had like some harboring of like not anger but like I don't want to put words, but like you felt something about what your family put you through and then you lose him. And then my dad was dealing with his own thing. And it's like, who do you go to? And I feel like that's such a like common theme for women. Like Michelle and I talk about this all the time, obviously not to that magnitude. And I don't want to diminish, you know, your experience or overstate ours or anybody else's. Y'all know that y'all know I'm trying to be careful of my language. So I don't want to offend anybody. So let me just say that. I'm not going to say everything properly, but um, it does feel like women across the board at all times have this extra load of like, like I'm sure my dad didn't even think about the fact that he was probably laying so much on you. (laughs) Like, I know he wasn't intentionally like, let me lay this on Janina. She can handle it. But it was just like, I think it also comes with the added layer of like, we are actually carrying this baby. So even though, you know, your dad, I'm sure, and I know that he had emotions tied to what happened. Like you said, little Billy was breathing your breath, 
he had your blood. Like it's never going to be the same type of feeling. Um, and that's something that men don't realize. Like the, the emotions will never be the same because you, you have not experienced the same thing that I've felt. Right. So, yeah. and I think that carries over to a lot of things, but <laughs> that specifically. <laughs> <laughs> specifically. But it's true. It's like, it's so much, it, like hearing it even more, the more that you're talking, the more I'm like, yo, it's so many layers to that whole situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so fast forward, yeah. this is where, okay, you have me. Yes. Yes, my sunshine. <laughs> um, but then, and we were living life. You were, I guess like without spending too much time, this is definitely gonna be a two part episode. <laughs> um, but without spending too much time, like you alluded to the fact that everybody thought you were on this path to greatness. Yes. And then you had this baby, which they thought meant you would no longer be achieving greatness. True. Um, so like, and then you still said, well, F y'all, I'm having this baby. <laughs> and then what was the mind state? Like you had me. And then where were you mentally? Like, were you, I gotta, I have something to prove. Were you just like, this is who I am. Like what, what was the next few years of navigating that loss, the decision to have another baby, even at 19 no career, no college. <laughs> you know, like you would have been trying to kill me. Um, <laughs> literally, oh. you would have if I came home with this. Oh Rihanna, first of all, like would have been my family 2.0. <laughs> so what? Like, what was the next part of your life? Um. So. I was when I was pregnant with you working at the post office that, that had already started. Um, when I, I will say, um, after losing little Billy, um, I, I would not have been able to articulate is what was happening, but I had gone into a depression, um, where I was just home and I would, I didn't get up. I was just in a funk that I couldn't even, I couldn't articulate what was happening to me. And I, I, you know, I didn't even try to, I was just in this state um, of doing nothing, which was so unlike me. And then I don't know how long it lasted. It, it, it lasted maybe a month or two. And then one day I just jumped up and I literally like not, Oh, over this course of time, it was like, I jumped up and said like, I, I, I don't know what happened, some kind of refreshing. <laughs> and I was back to self and back on the grind. I was like, okay, I'm going to register for school. And then I'm going to, um, I went and found a job. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm about to just be back out here. And, and your father was like, you're doing too much too soon. And I'm like, I know I'm not. So that was the beginning. Um, but then after I, I had you, I said, okay, let me take a, a step back because I wanted to do this mom thing. Um, but I was still, I was working at the post office. I was working nights. Um, and I wanted to go back to school after I, I actually tried to go back to school while I was pregnant with you. And I just could not handle it. I couldn't handle being pregnant, going to school full time and working full time. And then having you, I knew I needed to work. So 
I kept the job and I dropped school and I had you. So, um, in all honesty, it's very, you know, I am who I am, which is how I move forward to do the things that I did after, but I can definitely see how it's easy to fall into this is life, you know? So, um, I waited. I knew I was going back to school and it had, it wasn't to prove anybody wrong. It was exactly that. It's just who I, who I was. Um, so <clears throat> when you turned five and started kindergarten, I was like, okay, she's a good age. I spent the time I thought I needed and I'm going to go back to school now. So I went back to school when you were five and I did it in four years. I went to school full time. I worked full time. Uh, rotating my schedule, working nights, working days, whatever school schedule I had, I was trying to fit it in. I was going to school summers. Um, but I did finish in four years and graduated, took my CPA exam, got that, went to work, um, in an accounting firm. And that was the beginning of that. (laughs) Well, you went to a big five accounting firm <laughs> and you passed your CPA the very first time. This is true. Hour. This is true. Um, <laughs> let's not diminish here. Let's not diminish. No, because I really have to talk that talk because I remember, like, not really when I was a kid, because I think a lot of my friends. Well, we just didn't know how old our parents were. Like everybody was old, you know, like all of our parents seemed 70 years old when we were in kindergarten, right? Like, but then as I got older, I remember feeling different because everybody would always be like, Your mom is so young. Your mom is so young. Your mom is so young. Like everywhere I went, it's like, first of all, even now, I'm like, she's in her 50s. She just looks great. But you know, they always are thinking that you have me like six Why years old. Why is she trying to play you, Janina? <laughs> I don't know, Michelle. No, I'm not. She looks great. She looks incredible. That's what I'm saying. But I'm saying when people first see her, they assume that she's some like Mm -hmm. flanky mom that like was just gallivanting and not being a mother because she looks so young. Mm -hmm. Um, And that I was raised by like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what they think. Um, So I love when I get to brag about her because it's it's a reminder to somebody that's listening right now that does feel like, one, you could feel like you you are already successful and like now you have these kids and you can't do more. Or you could feel like you're not as successful as you want to be and you're limiting yourself because you have children. And I just think a lot of, I mean, I say this all the time, but a lot of my ambition comes from being raised by someone who I never saw make an excuse and always operate in excellence. Like she said several times, it's just who she is, that anything she's going to do, even when finding out that she's going to be a mother at 18, she's like, well, I'm going to be the best mom, even at 18. Like, you could have taken that and been like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? My life's in shambles. You know, I, I'm in high school. <laughs> Literally, you were in high school pregnant. You were at prom pregnant. Like, you yeah, know, was. <laughs> um, so it's like <laughs> you could have taken that. But it's it's just a moment that I don't want to miss for somebody who needs that that quick second of encouragement. Like, don't miss that. Children make it more difficult, but they don't end it. They don't stop your your ability to achieve whatever it is that you want, whether it's 
you want to take a class, you want to do a different career, you want to switch paths. Like I always, that's really why I wanted you to share with these women and with us, because it's a refresher even for me. That's like, sometimes I get overwhelmed and I'm like, I give up. And I'm like, actually, I can't give up because if Janita was able to do this, 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 and still achieve at 29 and work this career and do these things. Like you didn't, you could have even said, I'm 25. I'm not going to go back to a four-year school because I don't want to be with 18 year olds in school in class. You know, like there, there's somebody right now who is ashamed or, you know, embarrassed or just feeling weird about going to do something that is typically associated with a younger person. Mm-hmm. And you didn't care about any of those things. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, well, one thing is I, I'm, I, I'm a goal setter. Mm-hmm. And once I set a goal, I have to achieve it. Um, mm-hmm. So finishing school was a goal. That And, and hi, baby. <laughs> My boy um, has his, his, his man bun on today. They're so cute. Hi, <laughs> handsome. He has four cone rows to the back, but there's like Jim Jones, the Jim Jones braids. <laughs> as soon as I do them, he them you brush them after you braid. <laughs> right. Them. <laughs> um. No, what was I talking about? Oh, I was talking about <laughs> being a goal setter. Yeah, I I set goals, and then finishing school was always a goal. So. I was going to do it. And and I, another goal was to do it in four years. <laughs> and, and, and so even that's why I was like, okay, well, I need to take this during this summer and catch up and, you know, so I could finish in four years. And um, no, I didn't think one, one, I, I, I do, I know I look young, but I also feel young always. Mm-hmm. So that's important. Yeah. Me being on campus with the kids, I was a kid (laughs) and not, not even. So when I initially started back to school, I would, I don't even know what my schedule was. It rotated. Sometimes I would work days, go to school nights, work nights, go to school mornings. I don't even know what I was doing those, the first, honestly, like three years. It wasn't until the last year um, that I went on campus in the daytime and that I was really with the students like the and I fully immersed myself into campus like <laughs> when I tell you I was in the quad like, uh with sumo wrestling suits on and I, just going I was participating in every activity going on I, was, <laughs> I love that cuz Michelle and I are always we always feel young and like we stay childish and I think it's nice to see that, like, it's okay for us to lean into our, like, youthfulness. Because, mm-hmm. like, especially Michelle, she's always like, I feel like a 10-year-old. And I'm like, I feel like a 12-year-old. So it's <laughs> like, but we always are under, like, we're always like, should we be more grown? Should we act, you know, like. No. No. And it's like, no, we're jokes. And this is <laughs> our lives. And <laughs> I think the message is also important. Um and it just carries over into regular life because we were just talking about how Brie and I were just talking about how um, caring what other people think. Right. Um, and you took your situation and you just did not give a fuck what anybody thought. 
I and like you've made it happen. I've given a fuck about what anyone has thought a lot yeah. of my life. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, I can say the same about mine. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> it's it's the best feeling. Because people are going to talk regardless. Yeah. Yeah. You know, whether you're doing something right, whether you're doing something wrong, they're going to talk. They're going to talk. I mean, this is something that my mom and I, she knows that I struggle with. Like, strangers, I don't care what they think. Family, I do care more than I should. And I'm making a more conscious effort to not care. Because whether it's family or a close friend or a distant stranger, none of those people truly are going to like make or break my life. So it's like a lot of wasted time thinking about it. I try to be so considerate that it like, it only hurts me. It doesn't hurt them. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's this blind loyalty of like, but you're my family, so I have to care. And it's like, that is fake. Mm-hmm. If you're not helping me be better or like encouraging, then I really don't need to care about, you know, what you have going on. No, but she, Janina helps me with that because she does not give one <laughs> F. <laughs> That's why we say y'all are my pit bulls. Like, <laughs> it's like, I can take up for myself. I can, but I also know that like y'all are much better at it. Like, <laughs> if I ever really need somebody between y'all two and Zach, it's like somebody yeah, to make worry sure about. Yeah, y'all know to leave me alone. <laughs> um, I have pretty much marched to my own beat for always. <laughs> I have lived my life up here. <laughs> All right, we're gonna end right there for part one. Um, uh, thanks so much, mom. And Thank I can't you. wait to hear the second part of your story. So, yeah, it's a lot to talk about, a lot to get into. Um, we're running at like an hour now, so her story is definitely not finished. Um, I think next week we are going to get into more of the societal, societal, um, norms and like the pressures that you can get from as just as being like a woman, um, you know, 